1: Hey, welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast. We're delighted you're with us. Um, We've got another exciting episode. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm
2: Lynn Wilder. I'm Randy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we're glad you're back.
2: And we're in the middle of Randy's story. This is part two of Randy's story. Randy came from generational LDS and yet had some red flags along the way, ended up not going on a mission. finding a beautiful bride yes. who was outside of the Mormon church, who was Christian, and through a spiritual experience and a lot of prayer with the Lord, Randy began to seek the true God, and so this is kind of where we are. He said he went into a Christian church. God started to answer his questions through the pastor. Yes,
3: yes. and and so that was when I, when I was sitting there and, and listening to a sermon. Uh, that was the first time I felt a feeling like that, and it felt like that whole message was directed specifically at me, like the pastor knew what to say that day because Randy was going to be in the audience and needed to hear what was going to happen. And right, right after that um, sermon, I went up, you know, I was super happy to shake the pastor's hand and say, wow. Hey, but I was also kind of like freaked out. So I was like, you know, I, I didn't know how, what these feelings were. And I didn't really know how to express them. So I wanted to talk to my wife. I was like, we need to go. So <laughs> I, I took her to the court and I said, and I was trying to tell her, I explained. And I could just see she was super excited about what I was saying to her. Because I know she had been praying that something, you know, something would ignite in me too. Because I'd always been interested. And it was really just a path leading me slowly to because uh,
2: to a relationship yes. because I let too real.
3: much of the anger and bitterness initially come in to where I didn't want to look for anything I did but I didn't yeah. because I was just upset and I was That's I was angry I, I mean, it was
2: place. Yeah. and I
3: did I did try to convince myself that I didn't believe in anything and I didn't want to tell my wife that because she was a good Christian girl and I kept that to myself but I really tried to convince myself and I say convince myself because I don't believe I ever believed that Right. I think that was just a lie I kept telling myself because I was angry. And when we're angry, we tell ourselves lies to get through whatever whatever emotion we're feeling because we don't want to we don't want to confront what's happening. You were avoiding right. yeah.
2: actually dealing with right.
3: the issue. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to bury the Mormon thing and I didn't want to talk about it. I even wrote a really scathing letter to the Mormon church saying, you better remove my name off everything right away and I, I went into it and that was just the anger. That was the bitterness. That was. Yeah. at
2: least you set boundaries, yes. right? I, I yes. find a lot of times Mormons that are figuring this out, they've been so compliant and submissive right. in their Mormon life that they don't know how to say no to these missionaries that are texting them. And I and I think that night. could have happened
3: if people weren't forceful to me. I didn't like people trying to force something on me. Same reason why I didn't go on a mission. It was like it was almost like the the worse you were to me, the more you were making me not want to go. Mm-hmm. When I made that decision not to go, it was more like, well, I, I want to think about it. Wait a couple months. And it went to pff, nobody here is going to convince me to go because of how hard they made my life. And uh, and again, my parents were not part of that. My parents were actually they were really supportive the whole time. I was expecting them to be to be like that, and they weren't. Um, and you know, kudos to them because I thought I thought I could have been disowned uh, because of how we were raised. And you know, my my parent well, my dad kind of made threats like that as, when we were younger. If you guys ever leave the Mormon church, they're never gonna hear from me again and here's just blowing smoke. You know, he couldn't do that. He couldn't follow through. So
1: <laughs> Well, I mean it's great that there is that there is that relationship. So I'm wondering now about the relationship with your wife, because you meet her, she's a strong believer. That she had the um, biggest
3: that right there is the single biggest. Factor that got me questioning, because she had something I couldn't identify. She had something I didn't have, and she had something I didn't see in most people. So that was the thing that kept me curious: was my relationship with her. Because I just thought, what is this that is making her the way she is? You know, it, it again. Can, was... can you
2: describe some of the some of the fruit of the spirit in your wife?
3: Absolutely. You know, it was like she, she because of the way she was, she was probably the only one who could ask me difficult questions for me not to get defensive and I, I got defensive a couple times with her but then I was like no this is my wife she she has a deep understanding and a deep relationship with Christ but it's not the same as I do and I'm taught that they don't really know it what, what that feels like right
2: outside of the right. church these things don't exist so right? how outside does she
3: she doesn't look like she's lying to me and I've no Mormons <laughs> who are lying and said you know would, I was one of them so how (laughs) how does she have this relationship that was the thing that kept me interested during those two years was it was her and so it wasn't like i just went agnostic for two years i did occasionally go to churches so marcia played a very 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 big part she prayed all the time with me and she was very supportive in my journey and so when i found jesus you know she was the biggest cheerleader i had she was the one leading me a lot of the time in the right in the right direction or where to look and. You know, she's the one who led me to um, read our scriptures together as a husband and wife before mm. we go to bed. And not just read it, but then talk about it and, and kind wow. of digest what, what we were reading. Oh, and God. so from that point on, it really built really, really strong and even more so in the past year. But the crazy thing is in our lives. How life, long ago
2: was that? That you had that experience with pastor? That
3: was, that was the pastor 12 years ago. Whoa.
1: Okay. No, 10. 2009. Okay. So that yeah. was 10 When you had the experience with that pastor. So you were saying after church. Did you ever talk to the pastor? Did yes. you just go out to the car and talk no, to him. No, we
3: became pretty active members of that of that church for quite a while. Um, we found out when we were when we wanted to go back that uh, and my schedule is still really hectic. Uh, it, it is difficult to find time. Um, and I'm trying to force myself to make time. I'm like, you know what? Doesn't matter how tired you are. You can you can get your butt out of bed. You can <laughs> at least can yeah. well, it man's Bible study or something. It's the flesh because my flesh is weak and my flesh it's funny because I have never ever ever gone to a Christian service and left going, man, I wish I hadn't come to that. It's literally the exact opposite. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't sleep in today. I'm so glad I didn't let my, my, I don't want to go, I just want to nap today feeling come in. And then I'm not going to do anything at home anyways, to be honest. So it's it's really coming to that. And Marsha has been the very big theme. I mean, um, recently she's, she's, so when we can't go to church or we haven't been able to, we still watch a lot of online. Sermons, and we watch a lot of, um, especially ones that we should, we're really into biblical prophecy. So we've been watching a lot of a lot of sermons like that, and we just noticed when we started looking for a church that a lot of churches are steering away from from the Word, or they're accepting things that are not Scripture. So it's we are had a difficult time of vetting different churches and and yeah. really looking in because I don't ever want to be deceived again, and I don't ever want to go to go to a church where they're not talking about what's important. They're not talking about salvation. I don't want you to pat me on the back and make me feel good after I leave church. I want to hear what the Lord wants for my life. And the
2: truth is right. sometimes hard. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And
3: if I'm not hearing that, then I don't because that's what's going to put pers- perspective in my in my right. mind. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a 5-year-old. I don't need to hear it's all rainbows and candy. I want to hear what I need to do with my relationship with the Lord. So, Marsha, uh, you know, we probably at the start of the year, started reading uh, nightly scriptures again together. So I'm finding things when I'm reading the scriptures again, because I'm starting again, um, that I didn't see the first time. And I didn't see oh. the the word. And it's almost like I'm reading different texts, even though it's the exact same. Because
2: there are layers, yes. upon layers upon right. layers of truth in that book. Right? And I,
3: I, I have had conversations with some of my family. So, you know, and, and it's funny because I feel like my brothers sh- shut down when I start talking about the Bible, the same way I would have uh, when I was a Mormon. Wrong. Because you don't think the the people what they're saying is true. You think, you know, you're taught to believe anybody says anything that's contrary to your belief. You just you can you can hear the words, but don't don't let it process.
1: Yeah. And I uh, a lot of my brothers, even the
3: it. ones who went on their mission, I mean they're just struggling spiritually in ways that, you know, we have deep conversations and I'm just sitting there like, Oh my goodness, I cannot believe my brother told me that. Because they're supposed to be the perfect you know, perfect. They, they went got it on all mission. together. Things
1: are working I, for them. The Mormon
3: girls. But that's
2: happening. Right. It's all with lots of people. And I remember the I was Church talking to car, my right.
3: my older brother, and he said we we had a long conversation on my drive home, and he goes, well, I've never seen you like that. He goes, I've never seen you happy. He's like, I don't understand what what changes it Marsha? Are you guys just have a really good marriage, or is it your job? I said, Jared, it's none of that. It's It's reading the Bible and understanding that nothing on earth, not my job, not anything I do except what's important, what's written in the scripture, what God wants for my life. That is the only thing important. I said, I could die today penniless and I'm going to be happy because of what I knew as opposed to what I did know. And I said, just, I said, if you believe any little shroud, because I know I sound crazy to you, just read the Bible. And I said, have you ever read it? And he goes, no, not really. And this is a return missionary. I said, just read it. Just open up the New Testament and just read the Bible, and just have an open mind when you read the Bible, and just really try to try to think about it. And that was the last conversation we we actually had. It was about a month ago. So my brothers will open up to me, and they're they're, they're and that's the same brother who told me when I wasn't going to go on a mission, I was going to go to hell, and I was possessed by a demon, and I had the chains of hell wrapped around me. And I remember thinking I have literally changed nothing about my life except I decided not to go on a mission. Yeah. I've changed nothing, and I have all these people making assumptions about where i'm at spiritually and they're making it worse because now i'm like okay now you're making me angry
1: yeah yeah so i want to i want to take you back then to where you finally turn that corner where you realize um okay trying to do it on my own in mormonism now i need jesus do you do you have a place where you come to personal faith where you go okay wow this is
3: I, when I came to personal faith, it was that day in that church. It wasn't something that built up. It was sudden. And
2: it's it wasn't peaceful, even a question. right? Yes. It's not hyper-emotionalism yes. like and we it's like, in Mormonism? It's like
3: you got perspective on everything, clearly, for, for an hour, <laughs> yeah. you know? Okay. You okay. So was he, talk- and, was he talking uh-huh. about, like,
1: sin um, he was and salvation? About, yes. And he
3: was talking about, like, faith how in Christ it doesn't matter what you've done, pretty much. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. God loves you, and God's going to accept you as you are. And... All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ, and I felt okay. I believe this is. I believe I've always felt I believed it, but right there I believed. And then for the next Mormon, it was like asking all the questions. Well, okay, what can't I do? When when is a when is there a point where God's going to go? All right, Randy, you've gone too far. You're done. I'm I'm wiping you off. You're going out. And he's yeah. like, there there is nothing like that. So I said, okay, okay. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. I said, what sin can I commit? To where God's going to just turn his back. I mean, he goes, that's not going to happen. And I said, wait, so if I accept Jesus, that's it? Like, they're they're like, yeah. I'm like. That covers it, man. It didn't make sense <laughs> I'm to me. Safe? It didn't make sense. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I could not. And I said, no, I'm I'm a piece of crap. I am the worst person. And they're like, no, you're not. I said, we, are, we all are sinners. And I said, I know, but I'm the worst. And they're like, no, you're not. And I just couldn't. I. It took me a while to to let go of those old Mormon beliefs, yeah. even though I knew what what true beliefs were. I just had a hard time. Like I think the devil uses those against you. So when you slip up, when you fall back, you're like, as a Mormon, yeah. I go, okay, you know what? I, I'm, I'm done because I can only be forgiven once, and I've confessed it. So might as well just uh, live in yeah, sin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, all the
1: sins are going to come back anyway. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm. I'm. And then. And so I, you're saying within your new Christian faith now, it's like no. Jesus takes all the sin And even if you repeat a sin Jesus is still taking that sin
3: And and the biggest thing is Because coming from a prosperity church And coming from a church where works Are the central uh, theme I used to pray for things So I I literally put prayer and faith in everything And on my way to work Before I go into work You know, I don't uh, Being in the position I'm in You know, a fear of mine is to Have an influence on somebody that isn't Christ-like And I don't want to do that So I pray, God, do, do not let me um, portray myself in any way that will take away from you. I don't want to present myself as that kind of person. And, um, because there, there is old habits that are hard. Sometimes that like to creep up, especially, um, when you work with a certain type of people, you're in a certain type of position. Um, and I probably, you know, I mean, I, I pray with my wife before I go to work. I pray, I go work out. I pray at the gym before when I get to the gym, I pray when I leave the gym, and then I pray before I go into work. So it, I always feel like I need to remind, I need to have that constant reminder of of what I'm trying to do because again, your f- flesh is weak, your mind is weak. Right. And I try to, even before I make even an action at work, I try to um, take my personal feelings out of it and think, okay, what would I do from a Christian standpoint? Not a, I'm in charge of this and I'm gonna bring down Right. Whatever I want to right. do. Right. Well, and it's. So, I mean,
2: I asked a question one time when I first became saved to a Christian. So, like, how many times do you talk to God in a day, right? How many times do you think of God? He said to me, mm, maybe a dozen in an hour." I'm like, "Really? Right. All the time?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. in Mormonism, I had compartmentalized my prayer. faith. Only yeah, or pray before meals. Yes, or yes. Only when I was doing my. I calling. had scheduled
3: pray t- prayer times. Yeah, it was like okay, we pray. We pray together as a family. I pray if I want to when I wake up, and then we pray together at night, and that was pretty much my, and it was always rehearsed prayers. It was never the same, it was never praying from what was in my heart, or what was bothering me, or what I wanted to address with God, you know, because when you go through hard times, and I've been through, it's funny, as a Christian, I've been through probably the hardest times that I've ever gone through, but I've always come out of it great, because my wife and I are now at the point like when we're going through something hard, we're like, eh, "God's gonna have something good at God's the other end, it. so we're gonna yeah. be good. We're gonna be good." And it's it's having that prayer, it's having that theme, and then watching God. And I think, personally, I think sometimes I've I've gone through the hard times to see that there is no way I could have gotten through that without God. Like I yeah. I needed God, yeah. and um it's it, I feel bad, you know, because a, a lot of people talk to me and they will relate. Things going on in our life. And I'm like, man, I wish you had Jesus. I wish you had Jesus in your life because it makes such a difference knowing that no matter what, no matter how angry, even if you're angry with God, He's not going to abandon you, He's still going to be there with you. Because I've had points where I'm like, I don't know what you're doing to my life, <laughs> but I'm angry yes. with you. And then I go, okay, I'm not angry with you. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Show me. And when I've had those sincere prayers, God responds like a lightning bolt. Mm. I mean, I usually get an answer right away. Can well, you give and, us
2: an example?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Anything recent? Um, yeah. So, uh, very good example. Um, I actually was laid off from a, from a job I worked, and I thought I, I, it was, I saw it out of nowhere. It just hit me, and I was in a high position, so I did not expect that. And I'd never been laid off in my entire life. I'd oh, never wow. had an employer. Big always, you got the
2: Mormon work. Yeah. yeah. And
3: I'd always been offered, like, if I was going to leave, like, raises or what can we do to keep you?
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
3: laid off. And it was for literally nothing. Uh, it was you don't have the person that you've done tons of good work, but you don't have the personality for this company. So we don't want to keep you here. And I didn't even see that coming. So I got in my car and I was okay with it. It was weird. I was actually pretty calm by it. I got in my car and I said, God, I don't know what you what you have for me but uh, now would be a good time so
1: <laughs> to start I, 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 I had
3: put out so i did i didn't really like that job so i'd actually put out some my resume to a few places while i'm driving home from being laid off i got a call i work at the place that called me
1: <laughs> right wow. now
3: yeah and it, and 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 it was and it was a job i wasn't even interested in i just put in for it and i love it i mean i love i love my new job it's it's in a completely different industry than what i was doing
2: god knows yeah
3: right yeah and i got to develop uh in a new it's even though it's the same i got to develop new career skills and it's it's just been amazing
1: Mm. well and i and what i was going to say is that is the result of this authentic intimate personal relationship with god that we're not allowed to have so even the prayers that start god i'm really ticked at you right now he's like hey bring it on i can handle it you're my child you're my son go ahead son blow off a little steam and yet when we do that when our hearts are tender toward god it's like almost in the instant of doing that it's yes. like who am i talking to this is my heavenly father right. god loves me." okay so okay really yeah i'm ticked about the circumstances but i can't blame you you're my loving father right but that authenticity opens us up yes. to receive from the yeah, spirit and, and, yeah. and,
3: and it's funny that you say that because when i when i've been at that place which isn't often but When you're at that place of, oh, I'm angry, Mm -hmm. I I think about it, I'm like, I'm like a three-year-old, you know, (laughs) and I know, I know I'm going to be okay, and if anything, I need God, you know, it's the last thing to be angry, and so it always lasts for like five seconds, and then I get back to God, I'm sorry.
2: But at least you're communicating, yes. right? I think most and folks ignore. Right, they right. ignore communicating. They avoid it. They don't want to know what God thinks. They don't want to think that God might be there. That's scary stuff, it right? Is.
3: And And the only thing I was going to mention earlier and I forgot was I never got my endowments, my uh, my temple endowments. And the only reason I never got that, and this is the only reason, I had my younger brother go through the temple. And he was very honest with me. He was okay. probably my only brother who didn't sugarcoat anything, doesn't even to this day, even though he's an active Mormon, he doesn't sugarcoat, so he fasted for, you know, I think it's, what, a day or two before you go in, and you have to read a lot of scripture, and he comes back from his temple endowment, and he goes, I need to talk to you, and he looked just petrified, or something was wrong with him, Mm. and I go, what do you want to talk about, and he goes, I, I, we can't be around anybody else, I need to talk to you somewhere else, so we went to a part of our house where no one was, and he said, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but he goes, that was the most satanic thing I've ever done in my life. (sighs)
1: Oh, my heart. And, and this I, is your
3: brother who's, uh, who went on a mission. He actually yeah. went on his mission after this. And I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, I think it's the devil trying to get me down. But that was the most satanic thing I've ever experienced. And I said, what happened? He goes, I can't talk about it. All yeah. I can tell you is it doesn't feel right. And um, it it struck me right then and there because of the the emotion he displayed and how I could feel that. I was like, okay, whatever that is, I don't want to feel that. And the other thing that came to me is if God is more powerful than the devil, why is the devil then... Overriding God and influencing him to feel this way. Especially
2: right. in a Mormon temple right. where God's supposed to rule. And that right? was
3: that was around the same time I started questioning the Mormon faith because that was around the same time I started dating Marsha. Okay, I mean, again, she was the biggest reason. And the funniest thing that my brother said to me when I did when I was dating Marsha is I said, Oh, she's gonna convert easy because she's so she loves God so much. <laughs> and my brother got on a mission and said, Actually they're the hardest to convert. He goes, good, oh, he goes, she, he goes, there. And I didn't understand that, yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. understand what he was what he was talking about because I'm like, well, our church is true. So if they love God, why is this the hardest? Why would they just come along? Yeah, yeah. Why would they come sit next to me and enjoy the ride? You know, that's that's really my, my journey and still my journey is I find, even though I've been a Christian now for 10 years, that the word is so rich and it's so full that I'm still learning uh, new and wonderful things today. And, you know, there's like, correlations you make in your mind but when you hear somebody talk about them you're kind of like oh my gosh i get that that." (laughs) like when you talked about the old covenant and the new covenant okay you know i know Mm -hmm. i know that with the new covenant but i never made the correlation that all these churches are using the old covenant to enforce their their strictness and their policies that hit me like a ton of bricks like oh my gosh that's like the mormon church Period. They use that so much to mm-hmm. to, to get you in line. Except there isn't
2: the real old law. No. It's a skewed version. Yeah. Right. So
3: it's not even.
1: It's the old <laughs> testament yeah. 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 No. no. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I want that I wanted to point out because I think it'll be really helpful to people who are listening to you, what you have tapped into in that constant prayer, that reconnection with Jesus, that laying things before God is. Jesus said. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. And that abiding, I mean, that's what you're doing. And I don't know if you're familiar with that passage, but I just want to say for people who are listening, there is an organic, natural result of constantly reconnecting yourself with scripture and with Jesus that in your life produces fruit. It's what Jesus said would happen. And the only way it can is by constantly, because we're, we're designed to be connected to something. Yes. None of us are roots. So I feel that
3: absence when you're not a Christian. No matter what you get, because I've done, I've had great accomplishments, it has never filled that void in my life, ever. Yeah. The only thing that has filled that is is the Lord. And the thing I, I can promise, I can promise anyone, if you look to the Bible, if you pray with sincerity, that you go, okay, I don't have to believe this, but I want to find out if it's true, I promise you you will get an answer. Mm. Even if you don't believe in God, sit down, have a genuine prayer. Don't don't pray away somebody you feel like you need to pray. Don't pray in a certain way. Just talk to God. Read the scriptures with an open heart. Really try to read it from a I wanna see if this is true. Because I went about it two ways. The first way was I wanted to disprove Mormon. I wanted to prove Mormonism and I disproved it. I didn't open up to learning about the truth. Yeah. 2 years later, it was the opposite. I went into the Bible and I went, you know what? I'm going to read this as new eyes. I'm not going to make any assumptions because if it's not true, I think I'm an intelligent enough person to to see that it isn't true. Mm-hmm. And it manifests itself to you very quickly and undeniably. You're yeah. not you're you're going to get to a point where you're not you're going to go, "Oh my gosh, I I I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. I can't believe I didn't read this sooner. I can't believe I didn't pray sooner." You know, I even it's funny, even the way I pray today still has some of them old Mormon things. It's so hard to break, but the content of my prayer is never the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. The content changes every single day. And you know, Marsha and I feel like if, if there's even somebody that we had contact with from, from a while ago, we're going to pray for them. And a good example is there was a guy I worked with too when I got laid off. I liked him a lot. It's really helpful to me, really smart guy. And out of nowhere, I felt one day just to pray for him. He's not a Christian. Yeah. And I ignored it. but then it kept bugging me. So I went, Okay, I'm gonna pray for, for him. I'll just say a prayer for him real quick. So I prayed for him and then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna send him a text and I texted him, he just got laid off too.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: And so he So God
1: was putting him on your right, heart.
3: Right. And my wife has experienced that a lot lately. Like she goes, Randy, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I need to pray for your dad. And I said, Okay, as far as I know he's doing good, but sure, we need to pray for him anyways, because he's Mormon. <laughs> but she goes, No, I feel like I feel like I need to pray for him right now. And come to find out, he had cancer and was going through surgery at the time. He didn't tell any of us. Um, wow. Did
2: you tell him you'd prayed for yes, him, Yes, we did.
3: Yeah, And that's happened to her a lot with a lot of friends and family members of this year. Marsha will say, hey, I don't know why this is on my heart, but I felt to prayer with you and my sister-in-law told Marsha, oh, my gosh, I've been going through the most horrible time lately. Thank you for, for praying for me. And so it's just, I think, I think God is using, honestly using Marsha as... She, she's been having a lot of real fascinating and really awesome connections. and With she's, your
2: LDS family. Yes. They're so God is. And my them? parents
3: love her and they probably question why they love her so much. I mean, my, my dad sent me this long text the other day about how I met this wonderful woman. And he's like, I'm so happy because my dad can see the change. She doesn't know what it is. He goes, I don't. He's like, I've never seen you like this before. He goes, I, I don't know what this is. The only thing he can equate to that is Marsha because it happened when she came into my life. yeah. So we actually make a point to visit my parents more often now because yeah. we want to have those conversations. Yeah. I used to avoid yeah. them, and now it's I feel like there's not a lot of time and. We're avoiding what's most important.
2: Well, you're blessed to still have that strong relationship where you oh, can yeah. have influence. Yeah. Well, I'm.
3: Thank so you. Weird. Yeah. I thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes.
2: For me, because some of the things you talked about today, I've struggled with lately. So, <laughs> well, it's just been so wonderful. I, I, I just talked.
3: I had no idea what I was going to talk about, but I said whatever it is, I'll be honest, and I prayed all day, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to speak honestly for my experience and not hold anything back or, or have any reservations. Oh. So.
1: And it's wonderful
2: here, you don't have to belong to a church right. to be connected. Right. It's about a relationship right. with Jesus. Right,
3: because we all belong to Jesus. It's it's not the name of a church, it's...
2: No. We it's, do need fellowship. I but agree. the most important it's thing the is Lord. to be to connect it right. with the Lord and his word. Thank you. And we are at the end of another Unveiling Grace podcast and this has been a rich one.
1: Amen. Grace mm-hmm. and peace to you. And to you, Randy, Thank thanks you. again for being with us.
3: Hey, I enjoyed it. Have Thank you lesson. for having Thank me. You Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.